Welcome to Extra Points with your host, Cousin Sal, and his pals, Dave Damashek and Charlotte Wilder. All right, welcome to Extra Points, part of the Extra Points Podcast Network. Cousin Sal here with my good, good pals, Dave Damashek and Charlotte Wilder. Very excited to be coming to you on a Friday, Football Friday. We had it last night. I don't, you know what? I am cautiously ecstatic. That's what I'm going to say right now. Does that fit? Charlotte, you, you like that, I think. Is that is that a good way to go about this thing? Yes, absolutely, Sal. I was too. I realized as the pregame show was going on that I hadn't let myself believe that this would actually happen. And I was filled with an emotion um, I don't even know how to describe it. I was so happy, but I was also kind of crying, which anyone who listens to this will be like, <laughs> of course you were. Um, but it was the the play was good. The game was good. It was fun. People, you know, I, I, it didn't look like everyone was going to get COVID. I don't know. I'm thrilled. I know it really did pass the eye test. It looked like regular football. All right. Not as many fans, but we'll get to that in a second. But Dave, what do you think? Uh, 30, what did Chiefs won? 34, 20. That's about right. The odds makers kind of had it right within a touchdown and the, the over under was right on, but football's back. Right. Right. Is, is this a good date that we shouldn't get too excited about? Cause we're going to find out uh, she's married or something in Utah. And I don't know. What, what's going to happen here? I I understand all the all the nervousness around it, and yes, the rainbow of emotions. Football's back. What do we make sense of this? Are we going to get a full season? All of that. The striking thing to me, even with uh, you know a smattering of fans booing in the pregame and then applauding once the thing got underway and all this, it was remarkable to me how quickly. All of football America just reverted back to this is a football game and reacting play to play and drive to drive and quarter to quarter. I said something. I was half kidding, but I said something about, boy, David Johnson looks good. Ergo, maybe we should take it easy on Bill O'Brien about the bad GM and stuff, you know, and people immediately that hard O kind of humorless. Um, maybe we need to wait more than 10 minutes, Dave, (laughs) that, that kind of stuff. Like, I've just settled down. I'm just I'm just having a little bit of fun. I mean, I, yeah. for the record, though, he did keep Deshaun Watson and he yeah. Laramie Tunsil. And now, he ha- I mean, you know, I guess he probably see I'm already diving into hardcore football. I was about I was I about was to be hard. like, I don't know, Dave, he could really use a weapon. But uh, OK, if you <laughs> yeah. want to say that, um, like, yeah, please. Oh, Will Fuller dropped a 19 yard pass. So, uh, <laughs> yeah, pet peeve, pet peeve of Dave. Don't type the word um it's not even a word it's a sound that comes out of you um don't type um dot 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 that already is snarky before you say anything after that who are you you're talking to charlotte who are you talking yeah i was like do you want to run it by me i don't know but you know why i'm a little upset i'll be honest with you yeah i was excited i was ready to go for football and i told everybody and i hope you were listening i said Take the take the Chiefs in this one. That nine and a half looks sizable, but they uh, will blow past that. They're gonna they're gonna whip these Texans. And I was going to tweet out. I swear. I, I know. Listen. Well, how's anybody gonna prove me wrong on this or right? Or I swear I was gonna tweet out thirty four to twenty Chiefs. Oh come on! And I, I swear. And I had to do something with my daughter. She had her little bat mitzvah. Um, rehearsal thing and I walked out and I checked to see if I was like I got to get this tweet out and and see that's that's how classy a father I am 
I could have said professionalism requires. I tweet mm. out my pregame score. I didn't get to it, but that would have been it. But I did say uh, minus nine and a half. So mm. I don't know, Dave. It seems like, you know, if I could find the time to tweet that Andy Reid was going to be in a full on steam shower by the time the game <laughs> ended, as my prediction, you could have tossed out your score. Yeah, was, really. But, and and using religion as an excuse as to why uh, uh, you're lying and here. And fatherhood. Uh, I'm not buying it. I don't even think you're Jewish, to be honest. Uh, listen, religion, yeah. well, my religion is football for the next four months, like, like the rest of us. And uh, I think we saw on display, I don't want to overreact to one 60-minute uh, window that we just got to look through there, but Man, those Chiefs are going fourteen and two, or fifteen and one, or something like that. I think I don't know who's going to stop. It, it looked like Chiefs football. It was just exciting to have something like football to gamble on. We're we're in partnership with FanDuel. By the way, I should mention coming up later in the show, the three of us are going to put together a parlay, and we're calling it the Extra Points for Extra Play Parlay, where we each pick a game. FanDuel is going to give us an extra point on our spread, and then they're going to boost the odds of the parlay, and we were smart about it this week. I can't wait. I, I actually want to fast forward just to that, but there's so much football to talk. Let's dive into this 34-20 uh, final that Dave may or may not have predicted. 34-20, the Chiefs cover. It was 9.5 was the spread. 53.5 was the closing over-under. That was a closing total. So 34-20 gets you 54 they're at 31-20. They line up for a field goal. The Chiefs do with about 30 seconds left. And Al Michaels is dancing all around it. He's like, well, this is important to some people. And it just gets me crazy because I feel bad for Al in this spot. He's, what, 75 years old. This There's, there's gambling. There's stadiums making deals, having sports gambling kiosks installed in all the stadiums. And yet this poor bastard, who, by the way, is obviously having trouble with a lot of the social justice stuff going on in the field. Just let him be able to talk about gambling here. It's fine. Just say it out. Let it go. But he can. He has to dance around it. And I know it's a preemptive thing from the NFL. Like, you can't talk about it just yet. Come on, Al. 34-20. I know. What are they going to do? Fire you? Talk about the over-under. I don't quite understand. Is this a this is something I'm I'm a little fuzzy on in terms of broadcast rules. Like, is that that comes from the NFL? Oh, that yeah. isn't from producers or like they don't want. I I don't I don't get it. Oh, I it's, think a, it, it's the league. The league doesn't uh, yes. want to acknowledge that, even though they're fully aware. <laughs> but aren't they that. like okay? All yes, right. you're, yes, aren't they like, yes, they're, they're, yes absolutely, right. whatever you were just going to say. Like I said, they're in partnership with the fan, they're, they're in partnership with everyone different. You hear, you hear there's a different a foot, story. There's every a football day. team in Las Vegas, everybody. That, that too, right, yeah. Tony Romo couldn't hold a fantasy football convention in Las Vegas five years ago. Roger Goodell said there'll never be football in Las Vegas, in Nevada, whatever. But but we can't we can't pivot to let poor Al Michaels talk about the over under, which he's right, is the only reason anyone's watching with 30 seconds left at uh, 3120. But um, yeah, let Al uh, talk I, about it. For God's well, sake. I agree with that. And uh, and Charlotte or anyone else who hasn't felt the magic of the of betting the game total. Really, this is now going on about 20 years. One of the uh, principal thoughts that Sal gave me many moons ago was it's listen, just always bet the over. It's fun. It keeps you engaged <laughs> throughout the game. Yeah, you did. You said the over is fun. If you're just looking for something to feel engaged by the game with, if you don't have a rooting interest it, uh, over is always a fun one. Cause you're watching it throughout the game. And if you've ever been in a sports book, watching a game, when the, yeah. get, when the, when, when the verdict of the game is settled, 
mm-hmm. the last few seconds, I mean, this was classic. This was a, this was a classic example of that. The, the, the matter has been settled of who's going to win the game, but right. the total on the game had yet. And that field goal I, in other days with a full sports book would have erupted. Yeah. I would say like, yeah, yeah I wouldn't blanket statement. Always bet the over no, take no, game no, by sorry. game, but, but no, no, no. I, I, I might've even said that years ago, but I'm, I'm thinking like, you're you're you'll add years to your life betting more overs than unders only because the screw jobs at the end are, are more tailored to the overs. So uh, a pick six or a game going to overtime that had no business going to overtime and then the overtime points put it over or like we saw last night. So you don't really get screwed on betting the over and then it goes under as much as you do the other way. Charlotte, is that confusing? I'm sorry. I don't yeah, know. No, no, no. That makes sense. I just I would I would always bet the over because I I root for chaos and for more points constantly. And I think mm-hmm. that I would be at, I would be miserable rooting for people not to score. Right. It is a tough way to watch the game. Yes. Now, our friend Brad, uh, he has a lot of great theories. He says he bets the under. He loves the under because you're always winning at some point during the game for most of the game, at least. Right. If you bet the over, you can only maybe be winning the last minute or two minutes or not at all. That's wild. That's like you'd rather your marriage failed. But like after a few years, then, you know, finally wait a little bit and meet someone that you want to be with forever. That's exactly right. And why our friend Brad, I think, is not married. I think that's the only reason. (laughs) To Charlotte. Shout out, Brad. (laughs) I I thought of the exact same thing. Like this is the swipe right a swipe right uh, mentality yeah. of, of yes. younger people, I think. Like, yeah, well, whatever. So I, I, for a little while, I was happy, so that's good. Yeah. Right. Um, there were fans in the stands. There were like 17,000 fans. Someone set the, the margin at 22% of the <clears throat> stadium was to be at capacity, which amounted to like 17,000 fans. I tried to look into it. I don't think it was a CDC thing. I think it was like the league said 22%. No, isn't, it, isn't it local ordinances? Was it local? I think that okay. Was I it... think it depends because there are only like five or six stadiums that are actually going to have fans at gotcha. all. And there, are, I think, isn't Vegas the only team that said they won't have fans at all for sure? And then other teams are going to go kind of as local ordinances like shift around. Maybe, yeah. And then uh, like a lot of them left it open. Like, we'll see what happens in October. And yeah, uh, yeah I know the Cowboys are going to have fans. You're going to be surprised. Every Florida team is going to have fans. I'm, I'm telling Yeah. What? Uh, yeah, yeah. No, I'm serious. I mean, they're yeah. reopening bars on Monday, too. <laughs> so like the Florida men need <clears throat> to do less. They didn't. <laughs> They didn't seem to be socially distanced, though. I, whatever, <laughs> at some point, right? The, like, uh, I, I get it that you don't want to put people in the upper deck if there are seats open in the in the in the mezzanine or or field seats. But um, <laughs> I don't know. It seemed like I, I, I have a feeling in a few weeks there, no one's going to care about anything. Well, I just wonder. I I feel like everybody did seem to have a mask on. Yeah. Um, they seemed. I think people were kind of in their pods, like their friend pods mm-hmm. or their family pods, which doesn't mean that they can't <clears throat> give it to each other. Right. But you know, if they've been following rules to begin with, maybe the chances are less. And otherwise, they were separated from other groups of people, and it was mm-hmm. outside. So. I don't know. I'm I'm hopeful. I'm really, really hopeful that there is not a spike in Kansas City in like a week and a half. I wonder. Nice. I wonder. You know, some teams have an a, a better home field advantage than other teams do. I mean, it, it applies to all teams that are playing in their local, uh, um, you know, grounds. But um, the the Saints, the Chiefs, 
the Seahawks come to mind as having an extreme home field advantage. And right. now you take that away. I wonder though, with the chiefs though, cause I've asked a bunch of players like Jamal Charles about that. Do you ever get hungry when you're driving into the game? Cause all those smokers are going all that delicious oh, barbecue. Yeah. He's like, yeah, I do. Yeah, I do. It's really hard to avoid it. I have really? talked to, I have talked to, well, Ike Taylor told me once going into Heinz field, he, it, it smelled too good. He couldn't help himself. So he stopped and had a hot dog and a beer before the game. Wow. And that, that's a true story. But most guys avoid that. But I wonder if this will help uh, liberate the Chiefs to focus on football instead of thinking about delicious barbecue. Mm. I also I think wonder, that, I think this is why you see more and more players being airlifted into the stadium because yes. they wanted to avoid all that stuff. Yeah. I, but I also wonder legitimately, you know, I, I don't know how much noise, you know, 20,000 of the normal crowd mm. can uh, can gin up in favor of their team, but it, it does feel a little unfair and aren't teams going to try to make up for that disadvantage that if the chiefs have some home field advantage and we have none, aren't stinkers like Belichick going to do st stuff to like pump in artificial noise. Obviously we've seen the Colts and otherwise do no, that. No, there, There's no way anybody's going to try to like, well, that's unfair. So now we're going to give our own sound by playing uh, the dropkick Murphys, you know, on third right. downs when the other team has the ball or something. Uh, I think you meant Hall and Oates or Huey Lewis, but I get we get we get the point. Uh, artificial Bill Belichick? No, that's not going to happen. It did sound good though. The eighteen thousand sounded good, right? Didn't miss it. Didn't miss it. Yeah, it was it was wild though because I was realizing it it's so bizarre to me that the Chiefs won the AFC Championship at Arrowhead this year. Like that was in. 2020 no, and that wasn't. was yes it was stop stop it was all right no and that was the last that was the last game you know that I covered and mm -hmm. I was remembering so it was it was weird to have I mean no the Super Bowl was but like in a in right. a fan stadium where yeah. they're cheering for their team and it was so strange to turn the tv on and see Arrowhead and everything was so different um and and it feels like the players should almost be different players. Like it feels like you shouldn't have the same guys that I like watch celebrate yeah. in the locker room now playing a game again. It feels like we should have reset the whole thing because everything is so wildly different. And yeah, I don't know. It got I got very nostalgic thinking about like Andy Reid's presser after the AFC Championship where he said he needed to go on a diet before Miami, and I was just <laughs> like, oh my god, things were so nice. Yeah, then. I know. Jim, will you look into that? I don't I don't want to butt heads with Charlotte here, but it was. Is that really 2020 when the Chiefs won? <laughs> if she's right, she's right. But let's, that let's... is a crazy yes. That's exactly right, Charlotte. That is insane. The exact same two teams, same uniform, same QBs, everything else. And if you blur your eyes a little bit and don't see that there aren't fans roaring in the background and you don't see plumes of smoke because of the chill in the air in January, it was identical. And yet it really did. In a lot of way, like I say, I immediately fell back into the football. Like, hmm, David Johnson, boy, look at look at that. He's got more bounce than I've seen him have in three, four years now uh, on some level. And then they would cut away to Andy Reid, and you felt just how yeah. different our society was because the, the counter dude, like, everything's the same, and then you cut to Andy Reid. What if somebody showed you in January, here's Andy Reid playing the Texans in 2020, six months from now. And yeah. you cut like, what the hell happened? What What is going on here? I will say, though, that Andy Reid is probably the coach where you could have showed me that six months ago. And I would have been like, oh, 
that's just Andy. <laughs> like there is isn't a steam shower of his own head. Like what you, if, if you showed me Bill O'Brien wearing a face mask, I'd probably be like, is he role playing Bane? Like, what are we doing? Um, yeah. But I think with Andy, I'd kind of be like, well, all right. Yeah. So Mahomes had a good game, but clearly the MVP of the game was Andy Reid's uh, steamy face shield there. And, uh, and it was, uh, I, I don't know. I got nervous for him. Like this is going to steam up so much. He's going to wander into the parking lot. Right. And like, <laughs> he's not going to know what he's doing at some point. <laughs> But uh, yes, it uh, definitely got a lot of play on uh, on social media, and uh, good for him. He's playing by the rules. One thing that was odd, though, back to the crowd, the uh, the moment of unity was that what they called it, right? When the everyone got together, it was a moment of unity. It was after the anthem, in which I think one or two players uh, took a knee. Um, the Texans stayed in the locker room and then came out, and everyone held hands uh, in midfield or stretching across the field. <clears throat> it was a moment of unity in the in the. Fans were booing. So, um, you know, not everyone's mature enough, I think, to have football yet, I guess, is the, <laughs> is the takeaway. I, maybe, I don't know, what they, what do you, if you boo a moment of unity, what is, what can you, like uh, kittens and puppies, a boo, ice cream, what, what else, what else are you going to boo here? I don't understand. Unless they were booing, not that this makes it right, but maybe they were booing the visiting team and for not coming out for the anthem. I, I don't know what to make of this. I just wish we could skip it. <laughs> It's just wild. It, I mean, it makes it very clear. Someone tweeted this that like it was never about the anthem. It was never mm -hmm. about respecting the flag. It was about the fact that some people. I mean, my takeaway was like, okay, if you're booing people standing together asking for equality, <laughs> uh, which is like a founding principle of the country you claim to love so much mm -hmm. that you're like upset about someone kneeling in front of a flag. Like, come mm -hmm. on, that the hypocrisy just starts to get mind bending and on some level I'm like just like that's so mean like just stop being so mean to make yourself right. feel like cool and better about anything I don't know that's my message to to the booers yeah. is like take a long hard look in the mirror and then be better I want to know why they were booing specifically Dave like they get uh, we'll cut them a little slack if it's um, the same reasoning as your jersey swap thing why it doesn't work for you like I don't want to see both teams holding hands before the games. These guys should hate each other. It's like, all right, that's kind of, that's, uh, you might still go to heaven there uh, if that's your, your uh, take. But um, <laughs> I guess it could have been any number of things that they were booing. It just sounded lousy. Thank you for getting me, first of all, Sal. Okay. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. I am a petulant ass. Right. I, I need, <laughs> I need the players to meet me halfway mm -hmm. and, and, and feed my delusion that they care the way I care about this. Okay. That right. said, it's, it's kind of fishy that when you, when you think about keep why I like my sports without any statements, like why can't we go back to the old days? What, what decade are you referring to where this was true, where there wasn't some sort of attempt for social advance from, pro, from uh, prominent athletes where, what, what decade exactly? What era are you pointing to over the last 70 years now that that you got your sports without Muhammad Ali or Jackie Robinson or Bill Russell or Colin mm. Kaepernick or anyone else trying to do something to to um, progress society and leading the way mm. on that? It's funny, the people who demand I I'm not watching if you try and do that. It seems like it's people who don't want to be reminded that. There is something not altogether about that argument. Like Charlotte said, is it about the flag? That's really a dodge of the core issue there as far as mm -hmm. I'm concerned. 
Yeah. And also, I mean, yeah, I, good, good job. Keep denying yourself things that you like. Let's see how that uh, tallies up at the end of life. Like, <laughs> right, they're not. I'm, they're not denying bit. themselves anyway. Well, so anyway. Yeah. I'm right. glad that you put the 70 year caveat in there because I was going to say, I'm pretty sure that like Ivy League football, no one was, uh, yeah. you know, in like 1910, no one was. Well, maybe, though. You never know. History is full of surprises, as I always say. You're Jim, all my favorites. Jim, <laughs> Jim, can you look into that as well with the Ivy League in 1910 and how things were, in addition to Charlotte's claim that the Chiefs won the AFC Championship in 2020? I, I don't, I'm not sure. One more thing <laughs> yeah. about the AFC Championship in 2020. That's when I met Paul Rudd. Is that right? That's when I had my my moment with Paul Rudd, yeah. Big Chiefs fan, right? Yeah. Anyway, that's what it. A, what, 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 reminiscing. A, what a delight, right? He's what, a good guy. Yeah. What a lovely man. Yes. She can't even speak. She's uh, she's speechless. No, it was it was it, it was this like very I was not expecting this to go viral, but he was on the he was on my flight on the way to Kansas City. And I had just watched his show um, Living With Yourself, mm -hmm. I think it was on Netflix. And so I'd spent the past week of my life with Paul Rudd and another Paul Rudd because he plays twins in the show. Uh. And so and I was standing with Judy Batista from uh, NFL Network and we were waiting to board the plane. She was like, oh, my God, that's Paul Rudd. And I was like, oh, my God, I'm not. I was like, I'm not going to say hi. Am I going to say hi? I'm not going to say hi. And she was like, I don't know. Maybe you could say hi. And I was like, I'm not going to do it. So we board the plane um, and I, I, I tweeted like Paul Rudd is on my flight, tempted to go up to him and say, um, hey, look at us to see if he says who would have thought um, because of mm -hmm. that whole gif that was going around. Right. And someone was like, well, now you have to do it. So in the middle of the flight, I look like a, a, a nutso, by the way. I'm wearing like weird running tights that are an ugly shade of teal with like these huge boots and a massive fleece because I'm wearing like the heaviest things I don't want to carry to Kansas City. Mm -hmm. And I just lean, I, I like get up specifically to say hi to Paul Rudd, lean over his son who's sitting next to him. And I was like, Hi, um, just wanted to say loved you in um living with yourself. And he like looks up like, who's this crazy person? At the time I was at Sports Illustrated and I was like, well, I work for Sports Illustrated. If you ever want to talk football, let me know. And he was like, OK, I'll let you know. And then I was like, also, I was going to come over here and say, hey, look at us just to see if you said who would have thought. But I didn't. And he was like, <laughs> did he, he appreciate was like, Thank that? You. <laughs> for not doing that. I appreciate that. And then I saw him in the locker after the game in the locker room and he like put his arms out towards me. And I and I just said, um, I said, it's me, the girl from the plane. And he goes, hey, look at us. Hey. And, it was, and, and it was really nice. And we took a picture together. And then the thing just went viral, like like news sites in India picked it up. It wow. was like Paul Rudd surprises fan. And everyone who actually knows me was like, it's not a fan. It's just like this weirdo, like sports. <laughs> anyway, so he oh, also that was a much story. too long story, but that was that's that was six fun. months ago. He that's also good. is a is a noteworthy Chiefs fan, of course. Yeah. Um, but he also is like me and Sal, a man of a certain age. If you grew up in a window before Lakers Celtics, there was Cowboy Steelers, and it was defining sort of like, as I say. Ali, the progressive guy versus Joe Frazier, the old school kind of a guy. Same thing, Steelers, Cowboys. And you had to choose one. If you were watching right. in that era, you had to root for one or the other. The the people who vibed the fancy pantses with stars on their hats and glitz and glamour, that was one side. Or you could stand for what America stands for, grit 
and Braun. And uh, you say, <laughs> and Rudd chose the right side, the Pittsburgh Steelers. And I went up to him and I said, I hear you know all the Steelers. Who was number 87 in the 80s? A uh, white guy. And he's like, oh, tall, skinny guy. Was that Ouija Thompson? And you I got said, it. you got Ouija Thompson? You do know your stuff, Paul. Wow. Right? And, uh, and then he went to the Chiefs. Yeah. And I said, look at us now. That was uh, <laughs> who would have thought <laughs> who would have thought. Yeah. Not they, me. I, you know, I have a little law background and it, it, they make it too tough for people to, uh, uh, seek out restraining orders on flights, but, but yeah, it's, <laughs> it, it doesn't, that's where I do my best. Stalking. The timing doesn't work out. <laughs> it does. Uh, well, it worked out. It did, it did work out for you. Hey, I think it's going to work out for Clyde Edwards Hilaire. It looked pretty damn good. What do you have? 25 touches, 138 yards. Dave, do you have him in our fantasy league? I don't have him. Oh, um, you, I played you him. You bid on him. Yeah. 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 Of you course. Who, who wouldn't want him? And um, I, he really recalls for me, for what it for what it matters, uh, a running back of another era, Joe Morris. If you remember him yeah. from the New York Giants, Giants, I mean, he is his physical doppelganger. The way I mean, in a football uniform, his doppelganger, and his moves are the same. It's not like he has raw breakaway speed. Rather, he's so shifty. A little um, MJD in there too, I thought. Right? Yeah, right. Yeah, a little. Uh, yeah, and uh, yeah, has uh, he, just because he's smallish doesn't mean he's not rugged. Right. That low center of gravity uh, bowling ball kind of vibe to it, but he's so shifty. I mean, it is overwhelming in general. Yes, he obviously. If we're just looking at that sixty minutes, it's easy to say, "Oh, he's going to be your rookie of the year." Let's wait and see what happens on Sunday and Monday. Um, but either way. Let's keep in mind, too, who was the most. When Odell Beckham was in the draft, so, too, was Sammy Watkins. And there was not a debate who the best receiver was in that draft. Mm -hmm. Sammy Watkins is about their fourth most, uh, uh, right. uh, uh, their Biggest fourth weapon. best pass catcher. with he Travis. game. It's crazy. I, uh, I know yeah. he did. That's my point. Miko Hardman didn't do anything. They are so overwhelming on offense. I don't know how a defense rightly could stop them. Yeah, Watkins got a majority of the snaps over Hardman uh, to the detriment of my fantasy team. But um, yeah, I you know a lot of like you said, let's wait and see Joe Burrow and all these other rookies. Burrow's still the favorite on Fanduel for Rookie of the Year at plus two thirty, but Edwards Alaire is plus three ten. And the one thing we saw out of him is they're going to lean on him a little bit. If he gets twenty five touches, you know, normally this is a quarterback award. Even Dak won it over Zeke. Uh, the offensive rookie of the year, the year I thought Zeke should have had it, but they tend to go to a quarterback. I don't know. It's weird. Maybe that's a good bet there. Plus 310 for offensive rookie of the year. I don't think it's, um, I don't think if it's, it's overreaching at all. Um, I, go ahead. Charlie. I still, I still don't think that a running back will get it over really? a quarterback. Yeah. Well, what were they like? Four rookie quarterbacks last year, Dave? I mean, Kyler Murray won it. He only had five wins. Um, yeah, that's yeah, right. And and this year, um, the two um biggest name QBs are are truly uh gonna be the 21st century anomalies, which is not starting yeah. in week one. I mean, besides Burrow, but uh, right. the the uh the other two big name guys are in fact gonna sit probably until at least October, yeah. if not uh, if not beyond that. To your point about is this what we're gonna see? out of the chiefs running the ball a lot, you know, there is some indication. And again, Jeff Schwartz, um, hit this, uh, as well, that maybe 
the lack of reps in August, the the level that you would normally get there suggests right. that they're going to go a little more simplified early on here. Again, I, though, yeah. this is the mistake we make because we have the Thursday night game. I'm still partial. I'm an old man. I still like Sunday kickoff. That's when football season I really gotcha. starts. This yeah. was a nice little hors d'oeuvre to get us right, but let's not get too crazy. But maybe he's right, Jeff Schwartz, that we're going to see a lot of running based attacks in week one here. Well, I think I think that's probably true. I think though, when it comes to the Chiefs, that this is just this makes them. I wouldn't be surprised if they had an undefeated season after seeing that. Like, I don't know how you stop Mahomes passing and then guys like Edward Dallaire on the run. Like, I just I, I he broke like four to five tackles every time. Yeah, he got the ball. It, it and and it it was sort of mind blowing. I was like, I can't see another team. And then you have, and then you have rookie um, on defense. What, what's his name? Sneed. Um, you yeah, know, making interception. Well. Yeah. Like it, it's not, it's, it's, it's beautiful. I, love I know it. they I love need it. to calm down a little bit. Otherwise they're going to ruin the season. Now we talked about how it looked like football. It appeared like football. It certainly did in the, in the, in that the Texans scored first and then they, Allowed what thirty one unanswered, Dave. Very similar to that's Texans football, at least Texans playoff football. Bill O'Brien, Dave. You said maybe a better GM, uh, but coaching wise, I don't know. You just everybody knows, like on fourth and five, you, the the Chiefs are on a roll. Fourth and five, even fourth and ten at midfield, just go for it. The Chiefs aren't going to be done scoring. You have to impose your will a little bit here. You need a big play. If you're down 10 or 17, you're just going to play yourself out of it if you punt it. And sure enough, they go right back down and drive and score. All the handoffs, though, I will say to Edwards Alaire, I think he had like six out of eight handoffs at one point. He got the ball. I was like, oh, it was getting me crazy because my big bet was Pat Mahomes over two and a half touchdown passes. He had one called back, which was fun, the first of the game. But it eventually hit. It was a winner. Uh, he's plus 380 for MVP. Um, Charlotte, if you like the Chiefs, if you like their offense, plus 380 is pretty good numbers, almost four to one for MVP for uh, Mahomes. Yeah. Oh, I would, I would take that. I would yeah. totally take that. I mean, I do think, did O'Brien, did they punt, did he punt twice on fourth and yeah. five? I, it, I was, it's just like, he is one of those coaches where I don't know. I shout out to Houston fans. Like, you guys are, you guys are, <laughs> you got to be strong. I don't know. It's very frustrating watching him. Dave, maybe football. he was maybe he was celebrating his uh, miraculous GM move, uh, David Johnson for DeAndre Hopkins, <laughs> who last time I checked hasn't scored. And a, and they swapped a fourth rounder. No, so, oh, that's right. Know. Yeah, that's right. I know. I, I again, I was I was half kidding about that, but I do <laughs> think Bill O'Brien, for what it's worth, has he does kind of sort of rule the AFC South and that uh, what came yeah. before even Deshaun Watson. So at least he knows what he's doing in that regard. What they don't know, and I've talked about this with Arian Foster on down, they got to get back to the red socks. And why they wear the blue socks with the blue pants, it creates a <laughs> spandex uh, jazzercise kind of look that I that that I just don't understand. Um but uh, but yes. Listen, now you now you sound like Al Michaels. Like stop, cut it out already. <laughs> uh, <laughs> um, yeah, I mean the results are in. The jury is in. Everybody, Bill O'Brien or any other old school head coach. Now you're being willfully moronic by by you know the analytics. I know people balk at that, and maybe you can overdo it. Maybe on some level it is a gut decision in the moment, but 
Come on, everybody. You got to go for it, especially if you're playing the Kansas City Chiefs. What do you think? Yeah. You're going to nickel and dime them the whole game long? You're not going to. You have to have a shootout. That's the only premise by which I think you can win a game unless you have a truly high-end defense, which the Houston Texans don't. Ergo, that's why I didn't put them in the playoffs, even with that extra playoff team this year. Yeah, and you know, well, you know what, though? All right, so may maybe... You need a shootout against a team like the Chiefs. I think that's the answer. You could win the AFC South four of the last five years, which I think he's done. But if you got to punch a big boy in the mouth when you play the Chiefs, you're going to have to go for it on fourth and five. I didn't even hate that they, when they went up 24 nothing, they didn't try to go up 28 nothing in the AFC Championship. I know a lot of people hated that, but 24 should be enough if your defense is, is okay. I, I let that slide. But, um, yeah, it, it seemed like a perfect Texans-Chiefs game. It seemed perfect to you, Dave, because you predicted the final score in your head, you thought. I but, did, um, and I, I'm on record. I'm uh, There was a recording that has me saying, definitely take the Chiefs. Where? What, did I'm, you interview with Bob Woodward? Where is this recording? There's a show called Minus Three, where <laughs> yeah, I say- in February. <laughs> oh, that's true. Right, right. <laughs> there might, uh, I, on, the sh on the great show called Minus Three with Jeff Schwartz, <laughs> download, subscribe, comment, rate. Um I did say the shorts uh, minus uh, nine and a half seems too big, but but uh, rest easy with that bet. I didn't give the proper final score. There. Um, <laughs> um, I, I speaking of minus up. three, go ahead. Go ahead. Be, go ahead. No, there's a lot of action. Minus three is going to cover your team, Dave. A lot of action this weekend, but your team plays on Monday. One of the two games. It's the early Monday game. Uh, Giants okay. and Steelers. If, yep. Forgive me for being ignorant here. Yeah. When did we start playing two games on Monday? It's uh, it's been about a decade for just for the first Monday they do it, right? Is it more than a decade? I no, it's always. Do that, not yeah. remember yeah. this. I must have had amnesia for every past Monday, but yeah. this is I'm I've been very confused about this. They did and this for you. I'm this is a nice it. surprise for you only. I, I think. mean, I'm I'm happy about it, but like <laughs> what? No, they do one early one, which I think Herb Street and uh, Fowler are calling the early one. And then they do a late one, which I think starts uh, Tennessee and Denver starts 10, 15 on the East Coast. And a lot of people complain about how late that is. But, oh, yeah. I do remember that because I bitch about this every year. That's right. That's right. Yeah. <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> My bad. <laughs> this is, uh, you know, taxes are April 15th. Oh, yeah, that's right. Wait. I bitch. I, I have trouble. Again. Yeah. Sorry, uh, sorry, sorry. No, no. But it's... uh. So, Dave, you're Steelers. You're going to talk about that on minus three. That's out. New episode posted last night. It's right? up there. Yes. And uh, exciting news. Get in uh, fanduel.com slash minus three, the number three. Um, we are, it's not because, uh, I, like I say, I'm a man of peace. I'm not mm -hmm. like, I, 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 I'm not uh, like the late Bill Simmons. Rest in peace. Oh, I, uh, <laughs> no, he died. I'm a man There's of more peace. More surprises for Charlotte. Well, yeah. no, I was declared dead. I was declared dead by oh, Bill I Simmons. See. So, I see. Yeah, yeah you're I, dead. I anyway, you're dead to I've, I've risen to, to prove I'm a man of peace here. Steelers or Giants? No, that's not where my heart is right now. I'm glad football's back for all of football America. That's why Schwartz and I are teaming up. It's Steelers and Giants over uh. 47 Bet it, juiced up odds to do it, plus 115 if you bet it. Come on, seven's back out there, Danny Dimes. Of course, this thing's going to, they're going to be over by halftime mm. or something like that. Poor David, when it's 31-7 Steelers, I know. like, what the <laughs> hell? What, are, what have I done here? I can't even enjoy my team's win. Uh, Charlotte, uh, you're a little nervous. New England, Miami, about seven and a half Patriots laying. Yeah, um, 
I am a little nervous because the last time they played, it didn't go so well. Yes, right. For the Pats. Um, Fitzmagic kind of, kind of in a way, ruined their dynasty, knocking them out of the bye. People say Tennessee, but the fact that, you know, Fitzpatrick, Miami went to New England, went to Foxborough and won that game, knocked them out of the two seed, and then it was a house of cards after that. He did. Just the latest Harvard guy to come into a local spot and really screw everything up. Yeah. Um, (laughs) Yeah. I don't know. That was, I, I have a vivid memory. Of of watching that and feeling very bad about it, so I I I don't know whether I'm like emotionally hedging here, but I don't know if I would take that. I don't know if I would take the pats. I yeah, I I would take the points. Maybe Bill Belichick has this circled on his calendar. What's the points? It's seven and a, the points is the number that um, Vegas and Fandle designates for. What, oh, what's oh what's the points in this game? Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> seven and a half. <laughs> Uh, oh, okay. Yeah. yeah, I wouldn't. I wouldn't take that. Which yeah. I feel like maybe other Pats fans are going to drag me over. That's the all right. We haven't seen I their don't... offense yet. It's 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 a lot. It's a lot to cover. I I know Harry, uh, our pal from uh, Against All mm-hmm. Odds, is in on the Dolphins here, and it is mm-hmm. interesting to to remember back to where we were with the Arrowhead game last night versus six months ago. You you just invoked it there, Sal. Late December, or maybe it was January 1st or 2nd, whatever it was, that Week 17 game, that last drive, Ryan Fitzpatrick to Devontae Parker over and over and over again right. over the alleged defensive player of the year, Stephon Gilmore. Obviously, TJ right. Watt should have gotten it. But Stephon Gilmore gets tortured, allows the last-minute touchdown for the Dolphins. As a result... You can make a case that Tom Brady is still in New England if that goes the other way, Ooh. and certainly that the Chiefs don't win the Super Bowl. Here's how the Chiefs would have, or the Patriots would have held on to the two seed. The Chiefs mm-hmm. would have gone to a three. That means that the Ravens would have played the Bills. They would have, I mean, the Texans instead of the Bills. They would have smoked them just as they, um, as they ended up doing. They would have, they would have housed. The, let me make sure I got this right. They would have <laughs> right. won the Brady- <laughs> But that you would have had the Patriot, you would have had the Chiefs at the Patriots in the divisional round just right. to get there. The the Ravens wouldn't have gotten whipped by Derrick Henry and company because they would have whipped the Texans. So they host the title game. And mm. it was I've checked the weather. It would have been a cold and, <laughs> and miserable day. You think Patrick Mahomes was throwing the ball all over the place or Tom Brady? I think the Ravens would have wound up in the Super Bowl, but maybe the Patriots would have beaten the Chiefs. Then they would have gone to wow. uh, Baltimore and beaten them. They go to the Super Bowl and win. It is Brady leaving then. I also think that the Ravens, it, uh, my pick, the Ravens would have won the Super Bowl a year ago. Instead, we've been seeing nonstop <laughs> commercial for Patrick Mahomes over the last. Six this months. is I feel like uh, I just got uh, attacked by my seven year old who just read an almanac or something. That was something else. <laughs> <laughs> Jim, no. did you get all that? <laughs> Dave, I said I said this last time, but if you don't write your like sliding doors fan fiction of yeah. the 2019-2020 season, we're all at a loss. I he would have it. Charlotte and EFL. I do them all. I, I do the alternate universe and and have done it for many. Do you months. publish it? Did you turn it into a screenplay? Like dream bigger, Damashek. Oh, I did. He, I did. he I was going to publish it, but it was his daughter's bot mitzvah rehearsal, and it's just <laughs> what are you going to do? They just only you don't only have time for so much. That um, is wild. All right, my team Sunday night boys Rams. It was supposed to be Gloria. I would have gone to the game. Big opening the stadium, SoFi Stadium here in L.A. Not as grand a uh, 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 an event right now, but. Cowboys minus three over the Rams. It was minus one, jumped all the way up to minus three. A lot of boys backers here. 
I get a little nervous, but then you know what? I watched tape of last year's game. Wade Phillips running that Rams defense. The Cowboys ran right down their throats. Two rushers for over 115 yards. Um, oh, I forgot yeah, about that game. Zeke and Pollard, they beat him right, up good. Right, right, I think the offense is better here. I don't know what to make of the Rams defense. We saw um, Coach McVay shirtless. Other than that, it's, it's not a lot to take from uh, the new look Rams. I feel like the Cowboys are going to be like the Rams in a couple of years. They signed all the big name players. They Rams pretty much got every free agent they wanted. Every other week they would sign a big name defensive free agent, and now it's kind of catching up to them. They lost. Uh, they lost a little of their base. I think the Cowboys go out and whip them. But FanDuel, I don't know why they're doing this big, big promotion. The spread will increase one point in the Rams' favor for every five thousand bets that are placed on the market on the Rams spread. So, for example, the Rams. Currently three-point underdog plus three. If 100,000 users bet on the Rams, the line will close at Rams plus 23. Regardless of when you bet on the market, you'll be paid out based on that final spread, $50 max bet. I don't know if Rams plus 23 is a winner. I don't know. You could. We may need a million people to bet that to get it up to 30, 35. But FanDuel is offering it. Maybe it's a sucker bet. Could get up to Rams plus 23. Who knows? FanDuel Sportsbook, uh, FanDuel.com. Take it all. Now, Dave, let me ask you this. Um, do you do PayPal or Venmo? <laughs> why? Why? why well, I'm what not is getting, this leading to? You don't have to give your account number. Just uh, <laughs> I'll go I'll let PayPal. Oh, you don't do either? What I do, do PayPal. No, I do PayPal. All right. I owe you money. I wasn't oh, gonna, all right. I, well, I wasn't going to bring this up last week because it might have <laughs> it might have factored into your decision to vote somebody out. But I never paid you for last year's winnings, which is I, hilarious because we had a lot of arguments about this. Um, yeah, I didn't pay you because I held the money in escrow because of this trophy fiasco. The trophy, right. The Dave trophy. Uh, crushed the trophy, we think, in his car. It got wrecked. The trophy is gone. So I was like, you know what? I'm going to buy the trophy. I know he's not going to go to a trophy maker and list these 30 names. Hey, here's what you have to put on for the last 20 years. I'm going to have to do this and I'll, I'll pay him the difference. But guess what? Trophy making is not an essential business here in L.A., and uh, they've not opened uh, many of them. Also, there's no kids sports going on. So there's no no reason to make a trophy, except if someone uh, cracks their fantasy football trophy in the car. So I'm just going to pay you the whole thing and, and trust that you do the right thing once uh, we get trophy makers back in business. I, I mean, I guess I could try and swipe something from the synagogue on Saturday, but that seems <laughs> inappropriate to do that. To I don't know. Our I feel like trophy. we've already got enough bad karma going for us <laughs> in do. 2020. Yeah. Maybe like maybe leave the okay. Kiddish Cup where it is. Yeah. Okay. I'll, I'll uh, Good. Good thought. Good thought. There. Okay. As far as the game goes, Sal and Charlotte yeah. and anyone else within the sound of my voice, mm-hmm. I'll tell you. The Cowboys, a lot of songs being sung about them right now. Mike McCarthy, really? the the yeah, oh yeah, I don't know if you've yeah, heard. Yeah, the boys are back in town. <laughs> I don't know if you've heard. People are over the moon about yeah. this Dallas Cowboys team, and I get Adina, Adina Menzel singing songs about the Cowboys. <laughs> I absolutely get it that you know when things tip when when this is a a standard sort of thing in the preseason to observe about a team. But if you have an inordinate amount of close wins or close losses, it tends to regress back the following season. The Cowboys Mm -hmm. suffered some terrible losses um, all last season. So if you're basing it on that, the Cowboys should be relevant and really good this year. And Mike McCarthy, sometimes the message gets stale in one football town. You move to another one like Andy Reid, not to say Andy Reid and Mike McCarthy are the same guy or approach things the same way, but they are loaded. Conversely, 
I think the Rams have a chance to really stink this year. I mean, mm. I think people are not talking about Sean McVay. And I think it's a, this tw- 2020 all of a sudden looms pretty big as far as I'm concerned. We keep taking the bait about genuine article or fraud and all that kind of stuff. Like, I don't want to go too far about Sean McVay. I'm not uh, denouncing him as a man yeah. or anything. But this idea that, like, he is going to revolutionize football. Look out, everybody. Kind of hangs in the balance this year, doesn't it? I mean, the, the, yeah. Get, had that one great year. They came up short against the Patriots. That might be it because they have now, because of less speed, overcommitted to the wrong guys. And I'm looking at you, Jared Goff. Yeah, well, yeah, and I look at it. I met uh, Sean McVay, very nice guy. I, this sounds too simplistic to to work or matter, but he seems too excited to let the team be bad, <laughs> right? He's like so he's so upbeat and so into his job, and he's got that crazy photographic memory, whatever you want to call it. Like, hey, uh, against the Washington team last year on third and 13 with a minute 40 left in the second quarter. Like, oh, yeah, we ran a sweep right uh, for four yards. Todd Gurley was stopped. But um, he's got that. He just seems like he, he puts too much work into it for them to fail. But like I said, maybe the salary cap thing has caught up to them. The, the division is as good as it's ever been. So you could be right. I think, I think the argument... I think your argument falls apart, Dave, when you think that Sean McVay is probably, you know, knock on wood, all goes well, going to be around for a while. So mm. even if he totally blows it, even if the Rams do suck this year, like he's 35. So even when he's in 10 years, if he's still coaching at 45, he will have had a chance to do a lot more. And if he hasn't yet, I mean, we all know that the coaching carousel, once you're in, you're pretty much buckled up. So then maybe by the time he's 55, he's done something like I think his narrative is just too young for anyone to be to to not give him another chance. Oh, yeah. Listen, I'm sorry if if that. Yeah, I'm not suggesting that um, what he has to do is adjust to the adjustments that his team has now seen. It's sort of like we're talking about with um, with our friend Brad betting the under for the short term gratification instead of the long term. It is what it is that they wound up with Jared Goff. If you, but the short-term gratification, which is one season, I think if you are play action dependent QB, which Jared Goff is, which Jimmy Garoppolo is, which to a large Mm. degree, Ryan Tannehill is, you can jump the league doing that for a year. At some point, the league catches on that your QB has to turn his back away from the defense for the play action fake. And when he looks back up, the defense moves around. Defensive coordinators are savvy enough to move their defense around to confuse the guy when he looks back up. And he's already limited compared to the truly high-end quarterback. <clears throat> I guess that's what I'm getting at. But yes, if, if I see. I maybe see. he'll make massive adjustments. They just are really hamstrung with those massive deals now. Yeah. No, he's going to be around for a while, Charlotte. He just doesn't want to coach the Jaguars in, in six years. That's he just, he just, It'd be nice to keep this Rams position. Um, but yeah, uh, like I said, nice guy. I don't know. It's weird because like Coach Zimmer for Minnesota. Some of these guys, if they hover around 500, make the playoffs here, they stick around forever and they kind of like they, they they keep the genius tag. So it, I think could, Jeff Fisher is the ways. only mediocre white coach who's been around for a while who actually has gotten like definitively not another chance once he got kicked out. That's true. Wait, no, yeah, I can't think of another guy where they were like, well, you're around. You're pretty average. So let's not give you another chance. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, her boyfriend Jeff Fisher. I forgot about yeah, that. Yeah, sorry, sorry, not to not to bring Jeff up there again. Also, I misspoke. Sean McVay is thirty four. He's turning thirty five in January. Okay, we should have a little thing for him. 
It's going to be good. Will he, will he be in the playoffs in January for his birthday? Uh, let's switch gears to NBA. Lakers went up three games to one. They beat the Rockets 110-100. LA was uh, favored by five and a half. I didn't watch a minute. I got to tell you, I was watching football. My son said to me, uh, Dad, the Lakers are up 70 to 50. I'm like, I don't care. I'm, I'm done with it. It could be, <laughs> it could be 170 to 170 in triple overtime. I don't, it's, um, you know, it's seven nothing Texans here. I'm, wa- I'm watching this. If you only have one screen, which we did, I, I, I'm only watching this. I feel bad. I feel like I use the Lakers and in, in the NBA. It's like being at a party and looking, at, talking to someone like you kind of, all right, and looking over their shoulder to see the celebrity. Oh, there's Paul in. Rudd. Oh, yeah. Look there you that. go. There's Paul Rudd. Oh, Paul Charlotte Rudd Wilder showed up? Oh, okay. <laughs> exactly <laughs> that. I feel like I use the NBA. I'm kind of, do you guys feel the same? Did you watch a lot of this game? No, I don't, but I didn't. Okay, so two things. One, I didn't watch a single second of it, but that is in large part because it was a blowout and because now the Lakers are up 3-1, so the stakes didn't feel very high and Mm -hmm. I didn't feel like I was missing out a ton on that narrative if I didn't watch it. Secondly, I needed to save up for tonight, which is Celtics-Raptors, which I I don't feel like I use the NBA because I'm still very invested in the Celtics. And ultimately, I mean, I think that, you know, if this goes away, we think it's going to go Lakers-Clippers that's going to be really fun. That's and, right. Once it gets to that, maybe I'll feel differently. But and it won't. It won't. Like not every game is going to be a fairly inconsequential game against the biggest game to start the season. You sure. know what I mean? So I, I think that things are going to even out a little bit more. Um, but I'm very nervous mm-hmm. about this evening. Uh, game seven. What's the what? What's the what's Vegas saying about this? What's Vegas Fanduel telling us? Fanduel is saying Celtics Celtics minus two points, two oh three and a half is the over under. You're shaking your head. You think you you don't think they should be favored? I wish they were. I wish they weren't favored. I would feel better about really? this game if they weren't favored. Uh, going in as the favorites in, in this series makes me incredibly incredibly nervous. Kemba Walker has to do better than two for 11. These game sevens are weird. You just throw everything out. You saw the first six games. I don't know if you agree, Dave, but Kemba Walker for sure has to do better than two for 11 for them to be in this. Daniel Tice can't be their their go-to guy down the stretch, but it's going to be exciting. Dave, we know who Charlotte's rooting for. Who are we rooting for? I know I'm torn because I have Charlotte in my life. I have Rachel Benetta, who is a big Raptors fan in my life. I've known Rachel longer. So, you know, that you would think that would be my allegiance. But no, she's such a bad winner that I want to root for young Charlotte here. But on the other hand, we know what Boston fans are like. You're, You're part of that fan base. I'm sorry. So, Dave, you're rooting for Toronto here, right? Well, it's interesting, yeah, because uh, you know we, we Charlotte no. is on one side; it's easy to root for her. Um, on the other hand, Hench and the late Bill Simmons yeah. are easy to root against, <laughs> and um, so I'm conflicted on that front. Yeah. Uh, but my, don't you have money on the Celtics? My old man would love to see it. Yes, I thought maybe you were saying, "Do I want to yeah. root against them to hedge?" Because I've been pushing oh, the right, Celtics right, right. for the yes. last month here. Yeah, I'm going to stick with the Celtics here. I think they get over and advance at least to. Well, I, I think they still do wind up in the finals here. I feel pretty good about it too. Um, and and I like the Celtics obviously minus two if I like them to win the game. Um, so. I hear you. And and that comes from somebody. I understand the spirit of your question, though, Sal, because I did. What was it a decade or so ago when the U.S. played Canada for the gold medal in hockey? Mm-hmm. I rooted for Canada. But that's not exactly true. Even people got on me as being uh, unpatriotic for that. Mm-hmm. I, I didn't just want Canada to win. 
I wanted Sidney Crosby to score the game-winning goal for Canada to view oh. him with a sense of of confidence that he will always come through in the clutch, which is what he did and which he has ever since. And I see. that got a little sideways. I also so it's actually a- more American because you were rooting for him to do something that would ultimately benefit his American team for longer. But I would like to That's say true. for Bonetta and all the people um, above us, uh, America's hat, as Jimmy Kimmel once uh, once called mm. Canada. Oh, Canada. It's a good I, song. Uh, it's better than I dare. I Talk about unpatriotic. It's a better national anthem. I'm not saying it it's is. a better country or anything. I'm saying it's a, a better national anthem. I know all yeah. the words because that's how many hockey games I went to in my life. <laughs> well, game seven, very exciting. What a weekend. Game seven. We, we had football started well, yesterday. Salsa, what are you going to do? Tonight. You didn't answer the question. I yeah. gonna, I, well, I also have money on the Celtics, so I have to root, I have to root <laughs> for the is. Celtics. But um, uh, well, you know what? And, and Bonetta's, you know, if Toronto won, though, I wouldn't have to deal with her until Monday. The schedule is such that, you know, we could kind of blow off her uh, enthusiasm a little bit, but um, I'm not in the bag for the NBA pro football's here. I'm excited. My main event love NBA still though. And let's not get too cynical. If we get the Lakers and Clippers, the way the Clippers are playing now too. I mean, two weeks ago, I'd kind of lost my enthusiasm for it because it's like, eh, I I get it. But the Clippers are ultimately going to get smoked by the Lakers. If they go head to head. Now I feel differently the way the clips or Clippers are looking. I might even lean towards the Clippers at this point. I don't know. That's why it's going to be a great series. Let's hope we get it. It Clippers minus eight tonight. Let me just mention against uh, Denver up three games to one minus eight two fifteen is the uh, over under. It is a little bit alternate history upsetting though, because you think about Lakers Clippers at the Staples center. Yeah. You know, it's and funny. It's I like, was, I was thinking about that. I'm like, can they create a, a bubble out here just so that those games could be played out? Just right? those games, just Can't create. We just- and I was trying to think about it and then I'm like, oh, the, but fans couldn't go. So what's, I'm like, all right. It just then, sucks. then I had it a vision really of like sucks. fans watching on closed circuit, not closed circuit, but just on a big screen right there at LA Live outside. I'm like, no, nah, that's too dangerous too. And then I'm like, what the hell do I care? Football's here. Why am I trying to figure this out? <laughs> I figured out the bubble rock in uh, in uh, in Maine. That's where we're gonna play football. I've done enough. I don't need to figure this out as well. But um, big fun weekend uh, coming up. All right, here it is. I teased it earlier. Now back to football. Here we go. Extra points for extra pay. This is our bet boost courtesy of FanDuel. The three of us are putting together a parlay. We're each going to pick one game. FanDuel is going to give us an extra point on that game, and they are going to boost the odds of the three-team parlay that we create. This is all very exciting. You could do this at FanDuel.com slash extra points. Let's start. Well, let's start with me. Um, The Packers are getting two and a half points at Minnesota, no fans in Minnesota. We're bumping that up to three and a half points. Um, Minnesota, everyone loved their defense. I think there's a lot of different pieces. They lost Everson Griffin. They lost Linval Joseph, Xavier Rhodes, Trey Waynes. This is a different defense. Still going to be solid. Still going to beat up on the bad teams. Not going to beat up on Aaron Rodgers, who's uh, a little got a little thorn in his side. First round draft pick um, was love that that. You know, he's, they're looking to replace him. Probably a little angrier, too, after seeing last night's game, Dave. Could have had Clyde Edwards-Hilaire with that pick. That would have been a nice spark to that Packers offense. Rodgers 5-0 and in season openers. Ten touchdowns, one interception in the last five, and a passer rating of 106. 
That defense is solid. I know they lost Blake Martinez, but top 10 scoring defense in the league allowed 19.6 points a game. I'm taking the Packers getting three and a half. They could lose in a last second field goal, but I think they win right there on the field. How say you, Dave? Uh, yeah, I love that pick. It's a, it's a smart one. I'm not sure even exactly what the enthusiasm is owed to with the Vikings in week one. No Daniil Hunter, Yannick and Gokwe right. in, but how much do you expect? It is definitely one of those positions where you can walk in off the street um, and, and, and play. It's a sort of like running back, I guess, to a degree versus quarterback or something mm. else where you better uh, get up to speed with what the team's trying to do. Either way, yes, the Packers are interesting because they went 13 and three play in the NFC title game. And then the organization turns around and instead of trying to help Aaron Rodgers get the final piece and get over the hump in 2020, instead they draft his presumed replacement yeah. there. And it's weird. And I guess you could glass half full it and say, that's exactly what the chiefs did a few years ago. They had Alex Smith in the divisional round and they went and got Patrick Mahomes instead of helping them. That has worked out for them. Um, it's Aaron Rodgers is in one of those spots. It's sort of like Russell Wilson. They don't draft offensive linemen in Seattle because, well, he runs away from pressure anyway. You become a mm. victim of your own success in that way. It's like, well, Aaron Rodgers he threw did well with Donald Driver and uh, James Jones. Sure. Why isn't he going to do well with Devontae Adams, who's the best receiver he's ever had? Right. Bottom line, we're talking week one. I'm sorry. I got, this, I, 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 I got right. off on a tangent there. I like the Packers. I think they win this division, and I think they start things off the right way by nice. beating the Vikings. So the Vikings I'm adding a point. I'm adding a point, or Vandal's adding a point, so I get to plus three and a half. Like I said, that's a key number we're jumping, the plus three, because teams often win by three in overtime or just in regulation. So we're getting three and a half. Dave, what are you doing with your pick? I am taking the Buffalo Bills um, and uh, bringing it down to minus four and a half from five and a half. Um, mm -hmm. I, I I get temper your enthusiasm, get your your expectation, I should say, for any offense, let alone Josh Allen and trying to make nice with Stephon Diggs and and everything else. I do think over the course of the season, we'll see that this Bills offense does, in fact, have a second gear, an, another gear, at least a half a gear to be a little bit better. I love the identity. I know chameleon is the way to go in 21st century, but talk about like an old school. If you get into the, the identity, whatever it is, throwing the ball every play or, or ground and pound the bills. I mean, that defense is loaded. One of the very best. Maybe it will prove to be the best. And on the other side, now they have the complimentary offense. They're going to just run, run, run. And with Diggs and smoke Brown to take the top off. I mean, I love this bills team. I'm fine with Josh Allen. I think they, they beat up on their, uh, their division uh, punching bag. All right. Well, Jets week one last year were up 16 nothing against the Bills. Right. right. Uh, Jets were home. They blew that game. Jets, surprisingly, I looked at this because I like the Bills a lot. I'll still go with you here, Dave. But Jets, and who the hell cares about 12 years ago? But in the last 12 years, as bad as they've been, they've only the worst loss they've taken in an opener is by, I'm sorry, they've only lost by seven or more once in an opener, which is surprising for how bad they've been. But I don't like this coach that much. I think they're going to get out coached. They're going to get outplayed. And uh, Bill's defense is better. I'm with you. All right, Charlotte, bring us home. Who's the third team? 
So I'm taking the Ravens at uh, minus seven and a half, which brings us to minus six and a half. Ooh. The Browns haven't won a season opener since 2004, which mm-hmm. um, I think is significant. I think that is that the reason true? I picked this. They haven't yeah. won a season yeah. opener? Yeah. That's insane. What? And I, they haven't won I a season feel- opener in 16 years? <laughs> no. Yes. Oh, if you goodness. were, you could drive now if you were born the last time the, <laughs> the Browns won a season opener. And I, I just feel like this is sort to me, this seemed like the safest pick because I think that I probably would have chosen the Ravens over whoever they played. Right. Um, you know, Lamar is incredible. I think that the divisional round last year was an anomaly when they lost to the Titans. Um, the Browns were 5-10-1 against the spread last season, which is the third worst in the NFL. And let's see here. Uh, the Ravens were top five in NFL in both scoring defense and total defense. So yeah. I just have a hard time. Like, unless something goes so significantly wrong for the Ravens, unless there's disaster or someone, God forbid, gets really hurt. Like, the Browns had the Odell distraction this past week. The Browns have Baker, who is probably already disgruntled that people are saying he's not going to be as good as he thinks he's going to be. I just I think this is sort of a perfect storm coming together that um, the Ravens are going to win by a lot. So that's that's where I'm coming from. Also, Charlotte, they're not going to sneak up on the Ravens because the Browns for some somehow I think we forgot this game. The Browns beat the Ravens in Baltimore last year. It was was Baker's last game. But oh, I I think I did forget that. I, I think though that's that's better for the Ravens. I think they're they're going to rally around that. You know, we're not going to let that happen again. Not in our our stadium, not in our uh, fanless stadium. But uh, all right, so that's the parlay right there. It's going to be here's our parlay: Packers plus three and a half. That's for me. From Dave, it's Buffalo minus four and a half, and from Charlotte, it's Ravens minus six and a half. You go to Fanduel dot com slash extra points you could do that and you get the bet boosted now normally that would pay plus 363 now normally 363 now it's plus 460 so we're getting a whole point there and odds and everything that's a great deal jump on that fanduel.com slash extra points can I say, too, I feel like everybody needs to jump in on this because I've heard the cynicism like, oh, you know, why should I listen? We, because we're giving you extra points. That's why. Yes. That, that, yes. They, you, you'd have to be foolish. You'd, you'd have to be antisocial not to want to jump in and join the gang here and be a part of this. Right. I mean, yes, we are tilting things in our collective favor. And when I say <laughs> our, I'm trying to include you, the listener, in that, unless you want to be one of those people who goes out there at the craps table and, and bets uh, the don't pass line. Don't be that weirdo. I do Get that. on board I mean, with you. Do I do that? I do. I like it. I don't. Yeah. I don't like that. So I've so had you're an a experience. I, I've done that, and uh, it got physical at the craps table once. I, I don't like it. <laughs> I know. Well, a friend of I, mine I, yells at people who do that. Like, what are you well, doing? Get out of here. You can't do that here. <laughs> oh, we had some guys at the other end of the table who were like some, from some slot. I think they were Russian, actually. And we were betting big money against them because that's the, the house wins. So I'm betting again. I'm betting the right. house. All right. Okay. It. They were physically trying to aim the dice at us like they, like they, it's like three rolls. It's, a, it's the only casino game that could potentially get physical. Right. Just by nature. You can't flip a card. And, and hit somebody in the throat on blackjack, but you, you could throw dice at somebody. And that's, that's what happened. And of course, like four sevens in a row. And I, uh, I lost. So um, there's Get the in on that right one. There. That's a great one. Parlays are always I also fun. Just, 
Yeah. I want to say one more thing about the Browns. I, I remembered, I forgot this. I was at the Browns home opener last year. Oh. Um, which was their season opener. Um, it they they just spectacularly fell apart uh to the Titans, which probably should have been a sign about the Titans. At they the time, owe but, you. They owe you. Um, yeah. And I just like watching that come apart in real time and watching Browns fans like mm-hmm. live through yet another disappointment. I was like, yeah. So yeah. I'm yeah. Anyway. Let me let me if I may uh, picking up on that game. Just let me throw you a little fun little side parlay from your pal Dave here. Mm-hmm. Um, I like the Ravens at uh, at minus half a point and taking the Colts down to the same uh, plus. Teaser. Yeah, tease. I'm sorry, tease it down to mm-hmm. uh, the Colts and Ravens uh, basically to Just win to the win. game straight up. Right. Pretty That's good. A gra- How's that not going to work out? The Colts are playing the Jags. Pretty That's good. Ideal. Yeah. That's a beauty, right? That's a nice I don't know. one. I believe in I believe in Minshew. Well, I was saying that is going to be that's the one game that if it goes sideways will invalidate probably two months of research for me if the Jaguars <laughs> beat the Colts. So um, I'm almost rooting for that not to happen more than I'm rooting for my Cowboys on Sunday because I like to seem smart. But Dave is right. Extra points. We're giving you extra points on this FanDuel parlay. So no uh, mistake that we call this, this uh, show extra points. We give you extra points in terms of our thoughts dave do you have an extra point heading into the weekend uh i will say that um that listen this sets up beautifully this is again what we talked about uh, the other day that you know this is about the fan um this weekend friday night a glorious game seven to look at some nba Mm -hmm. some nhl to mix in and then the national pastime goodbye baseball i don't know when you were the national pastime here in the 21st century it's here it's for us gather around on Zoom or on text message or otherwise with your family and friends. I think one little thing I did want to point out that's a little deep in the weeds. I think spreads on college football games with mismatched teams are always hilarious. UTEP and Texas, the spread on that one is uh, 43. The total on it is 58. So if you feel real strong about a 50 to 8 final score, then uh, that's the game for you. It's like, well, well yeah. I, I don't know how they're going to, when the third, uh, third right. stringers are playing each other, how anybody can bet on that. I don't know, but I encourage you to do it anyway. I, you know, I would, I would, I'm sorry. I'll jump to you, Charlotte, in a second. With the, I, I thought about this with football. We saw BYU just beat the crap out of Navy the other day. And then the Navy coach comes out and says, Hey, I'm sorry. We just, we aired on the side of caution. We practiced. We kind of had social distance practicing. We haven't practiced tackling in six months. Like, oh, okay, that would have been probably good for the Navy betters <laughs> to know. And BYU put a whooping on them. You wonder how many of those there are out there. There's yeah, going right. to be such. Uh, a, a, it's going to be such a. a, a we're going to see such a difference between preparation between some teams, maybe even in the NFL this week. So it's already always a little sloppy week one in the NFL. Maybe that's heightened. I don't know what that means. Maybe take an adjusted line, both teams minus nine and a half. In a lot of cases, you'll get three to one odds for a double digit game, um, you know, even spread otherwise. But uh, Charlotte, hit us with your extra point. My extra point is just that I, I feel like the Mr. Krabs meme where he's, you know, in the, the <laughs> picture of, from SpongeBob, the little crab, and he's just in this sort of vortex of, and he's looking up and he's like, what's happening? Because we went from, from from a sports drought that already had me reeling because my job depends on sports, so I didn't know what to do with myself or mm-hmm. how to do my job without them. And now to the opposite, where there are there are too many sports happening at the same time. So I, I also don't know how to do my job because before my job right. depended on like the rhythm. So 
and, and then I have a rooting interest with the Celtics and I'm just like, everything feels a little turned upside down, but it's also <laughs> really nice. Like it's, it's, it's such a good problem to have right yeah, now. Yeah, yeah. Um, but I think my extra point is that I'm just feeling sports discombobulated and like, that's just, that's just how it's going to be. And there's nothing I can do about it. And I kind of enjoy it. Yeah. Let's enjoy it because who knows what we get, uh, you know, in a few I know, months, fast in a forward few weeks, three weeks and I'm a few like, days. Well, sports are yes. Good. Hang on. I, uh, I, I tweeted last night. Thank God you're back NFL. Don't even think about going anywhere. And then Dave, I, I, I put the GIF on there from Bronxdale. Now you can't leave. Remember the bikers entered the bar. Like <laughs> one of my favorites. Yeah. yeah. The truth is they can leave, but I'm just, I'm, I'm putting, maybe I could scare them into a stone. <laughs> No, That's why he's one. No, he's leave. one of your five borough heroes. I know Paul Materi is in that yeah. movie, and I appreciate you invoking that one. Yeah, that hit home for me. Yeah. Uh, my extra point is today is uh, 9/11. Obviously, tragic, tragic events. 19 years ago, Jesus, a uh, long time. And uh, firemen, uh, we can't we can't say enough about the firemen and what they do and what they mean to us. And fires are blazing all over the place, all over the West Coast and California. And in uh, in Oregon, and um, you know, th those are the true heroes. I know it's been said time and time again. Like we let's have perspective. Sports are back; it's great. Um, we could idolize these guys, but the firemen are the true heroes. And I uh, look back to nine eleven and what a sad day it was. Dave, did we go to lunch on September eleventh, or was that the next day? No, it was September eleventh. Me, you, and Dan Dratch uh, got together. We just didn't know what to do. It was yeah. it was wow. such a it was just such a you know bizarre, uh, you know it, it was the the significance of it. it I, yeah. the, the, the uh, of the actual attack. I don't mean obviously the fallout. Mm -hmm. It was just so spectacularly hard to fathom the, how large what just happened was and. What right. are we supposed to do now? What do we do with our lives right now? And for me and Dan Dratch, uh, cousin Sal called us up and said, if you, if you need something to do, we're alone. We're single guys in Los Angeles, all the way away from our family. Sal said, come over to my place as he always has. And now yeah. uh, 19 years later, he said, come on over to my podcast. Still happy uh, to be sitting at home with uh, Sal as, uh, there you go. as well, uh, a good guy. We're lucky to have, uh, we're lucky to have our good pal still even through that and in 2020 and that we get to still kibitz and have our fun like this. And, uh, and so, yeah, but not South. Thanks to the fire. Yeah. I agree with that. Ultimately. Yes. <laughs> yeah. I think firemen, ultimately more heroic yeah. firemen, me, yeah. Clyde Edwards, Hilaire, right? Let, let's just put that. Uh, no. And obviously, and that was going to, how I was going to end like, this is just have as many pals around you as you can in these tough times. And it helps you through it. I think we went to a, a Cajun joint in the Valley. We did. Um, That's right. And, uh, yeah, things were pretty grim. And yet here we are 19 years later and we cannot eat in a Cajun joint in the Valley because we're not we're not allowed to eat inside restaurants. So it's a different kind of terrible. And but, instead, you're you're stuck on a podcast with someone who was in seventh grade when you were eating Cajun food. Poor, it's, a, it, really? it's a cruel turn of events. Jesus. Were you so you were at, Oh, yeah. You would have been in school. Yeah. It's funny. I feel like Sal gets the short end of this stick here. Like the only through line, the only consistent thing is uh, is Dave Damashek. like that. You deserve better, Sal. <laughs> that's good no, enough. No, that's a great through line. That's good enough. And we I hope in 19 years, I'm as lucky to have you guys as through line still. So. Oh, that's nice. That's nice. Charlotte, what do you have to plug? I can't get enough of you guys. And uh, what what else do you have going on? Uh, what do I have to plug? Uh, well, second episode of the People's Sports Podcast is out. Um, Mark Titus and I 
previewed what each fan base is going to be most angry about this season. Um, I also have uh, something publishing later today in the Fox Sports app about how the Chiefs are going to be unstoppable because I feel very strongly about that. Mm-hmm. Also, uh, a little ode to Andy Reid's face shield. So everyone should download the app. Check that out. Send it to all of your friends. Give mm-hmm. me clicks. I need your clicks to feed my family. Nice. And also, you could see her potentially in Us Weekly harassing Paul Rudd on uh, various forms of transportation. Oh, know. yeah. yeah uh, right? The train is next. The next time we can be <laughs> on a train, I'm tracking that guy down. So you have to do it. Hit them all. All right, Dave, what do you got going on? Uh, minus three. Check it out. Download, subscribe, all that stuff. Jeff Schwartz uh, really um, d- uh, talking about uh, not getting too nitty gritty with it, but with some really uh, keen observations from a guy who was out on the gridiron not so long ago himself. And uh, some some great tips on the AFC and NFC side. Two podcasts this week. Go check them out, and we give you all our week one bets there. It's too. really good stuff. I haven't heard the one that was released last time. I'm going to listen on my way to work. But, yes, definitely inside as inside as it gets for football, for football junkies, that's your podcast. That's your go-to podcast. Dave and Jeff, minus three on uh, Extra Points Podcast Network. Uh, I'm at the Cousin Sal. What do we have? Uh, we'll be back Monday. We have Against All Odds. Um, Laugh Lines is on the network. Jerry Ferreira and uh, and uh, Jen Piacente. They have um, they do two fantasy podcasts. We have Lemon Pepper Parlay podcast. It's a silly, silly name, but good stuff there from TJ Hushmanzada and Rob Parker. And yeah, a lot of stuff going on. And check us out, fanduel.com slash extra points. Put in your bet. Three-team parlay, Bills four and a half, Ravens minus six and a half, and Packers plus three and a half. You'll get plus 460 odds. Do that on FanDuel. And just a reminder, even though you may feel like underdogs, please remember, you're all my favorites. Goodbye. Goodbye.